Hi, I'm James Schilling Law, and I'm here today with Dr. Megan Morikawa, who of Iberia Star Hotels and Resorts, and she is the Global Sustainability Director for those resorts. And if you don't know already, Iberia Star has a very, very strong focus on sustainability. And we actually have talked to uh, Megan before uh, about this. We actually live, live that time, I re if I recall. Uh, now we're on Zoom. But uh, Iberia Star just launched its, its uh, or actually published its uh, annual sort of sustainability report. And we wanted to get an update on uh, what uh, the, the resort chain, the all-inclusive resort chain is doing uh, regard to sustainability. What's the update on that? And we're going to talk to Dr. Megan uh, here on Insider Travel Report. It's now, a pleasure to be here. Actually, Megan, it's great to see you again. And and although you said I'm in New York and you're in Miami this time, you're not. You were not in the islands or anything like that. We'd love to. We'd much rather do this in person on an island somewhere uh, or in one of your wonderful resorts. So that would be great. When I last went down, I was watching all your coral growing efforts down in Punta Cana, which it was a very interesting project. But let, let's talk first about why does Iberostar have such a laser like focus on sustainability? Why why does the company is why is it so dedicated? to it and who is behind that focus i know you're in charge of it but you you know it really is astounding how much you folks you know really focus on sustainability no it's a great question james one that we hope the everyone in the sector is asking themselves on what does sustainability mean to us and and for us at iberostart really gets down to our business values and business longevity uh the Iberostar is owned by a family. Uh, it's a privately owned company, and this family comes from an island in Mallorca. We also have primarily beachfront resorts, and so the ocean has always been a center focus of the actual essence of the product itself, right? Um, but furthermore, I think it's very clear to see in vacational beachfront tourism that there's some risks that threaten from the the, the quality and the health of the oceans, whether that's mm -hmm. climate change or whether that's pollution. And so the safeguarding of the oceans as an integral part of our business is one of the reasons why our hyper focus on sustainability and in particular our commitment to the oceans was something that was a natural fit for the company. We no, can get technical. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I did see evidence of that. And and you have two of your uh, two of your top CEOs, the, the, your two sisters there are really, uh, uh, we did an interview with them way back a few years ago. And I was astounded, you know, and I actually then subsequently saw them at different conferences involving sustainability. So clearly they they are uh, putting their money where their their thoughts are, where 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 they feel the industry should be going. So it's very admirable for what they're doing. And so now we just had this annual sustainability report. Let's talk about that. The highlights of that report. Uh, where does Iberostar stand in achieving its goal to become carbon neutral by 2030? And we hear so much about being carbon neutral. Uh, maybe you can also explain what that means to some of our our audience of travel advisors. I would love to do so. So there's a couple of really key milestones that happened in the last year. Uh, two in particular was that we really realized that in order to reach the ambition of reaching carbon neutrality across our entire portfolio by 2030, we needed to make sure we had the capacity and the team that was capable of leveraging the more technical decisions that we would need to be able to make internally in order to reach that objective. And so one of our kind of major milestones is that our climate change manager and our circular economy strategy director completed the core of the team that helped us to be able to reach this ambition. What does that actually mean, though, per your question? And part of that effort that we had over the last year was to submit what we call our science 
Space Targets Initiative, which allows us to define really well, what was our carbon footprint? What is our ambition of total decarbonization? How much will be we be reducing the emissions that we have every single year, even considering growth of the business. And then finally, that last component of how do we reach carbon neutrality for anything that we can't reduce over that same mm -hmm. time frame, how do we reach um, uh, carbon neutral in that? If we want to look at that at numbers, we estimated that our carbon footprint in 2019, which was a relatively business as usual year for us, was around 1 million metric tons of carbon, mm. uh, of CO2. That Across sounds like our, a lot of carbon to me, but it's a lot of carbon. Yeah, <laughs> over our over a hundred hotels in in our destinations. Um, and what was really striking to us was that for a service company like Iberostar, yes, our direct emissions and our indirect emissions from electricity, we call those scope one and scope two, were really important. But where the, where the real carbon was was actually in our supply chain. In mm -hmm. fact, our scope three emissions, these indirect emissions from things like the emissions to make our furniture, the emissions to produce our food made up 77% of that 1 million metric ton carbon footprint. So in our science-based targets initiative, we set the ambition to have a very ambitious reduction of 85% of the emissions that come from that scope one and scope two over the next eight years. Um, and in our scope three emissions, that 77% that's really dependent on our supply chain, we committed to reducing that in half by 50% in the same time frame, um, which represents a target that is well below what a business needs to do to be in line with 1.5 degrees of warming by 2050, right? So this is kind of our you, demonstration. You, you just leadership. have to get everybody else to do it. That's the problem. That's exactly right. And so this was one of our philosophies too, which was we wanted to make sure that our decarbonized, so this is probably a third milestone in addition to submitting our SBTI and getting that validated. Um, we wanted this to be information that the sector could use broadly. Mm -hmm. And so we are working with the UNWTO and the Travel Foundation and the Glasgow Declaration, which is this commitment across travel and tourism to have emissions by 2030 and to reach net zero by 2050. And part of the Glasgow Declaration is to submit our climate action plans in a way that we hope is as digestible to others as possible. And so we were very excited to also launch our decarbonization roadmap, which we were very happy to present at the climate conference that was occurring in Sharm el-Sheikh in November. But in this decarbonization roadmap, which is available on our Wave of Change website, you can see detailed information, not only of the quantitative targets we're holding ourselves to, to be able to reach that goal, but also how any hotel can start in on this journey and think about where their emissions are coming from and the pathways for decarbonization to get there. No, absolutely. And so it looks like you're well on your way. We just hope a lot of other people follow. But beyond uh, carbon emissions, uh, you're also doing some things like cracking down on food waste, which we know. I mean, obviously, you're an all-inclusive resort in many places, and there's a lot of food that gets thrown on, on, on buffets and everywhere else. And it's great food, but it, sometimes it isn't all eaten. What are you doing to, and what have you done in the past year to really focus on that, you know, getting getting rid of food waste? Yeah, so it's amazing how a lot of these ESG topics intersect, right? Um, and we also have an objective to send no waste to landfill across all of our operations by 2025. 
Um, that part of our work and commitment to embodying a circular economy in our properties. And you could see too that in those supply chain emissions, food was a really, really big component. In fact, the emissions that we predict come from just the food alone is greater than all of the emissions that come from all of our electricity consumption. So it really demonstrates mm -hmm. that food is a really important topic for us to be really focused in. Food has always been a core pillar of the of, of the product at Iberostar. I think our gastronomy is one of the things that our clients consistently see over and over again is, is, is one of the highlights. And I think this is a really great opportunity to leverage on the leadership from our food service professionals who are all really interested and aligned to say, how can we continue to improve not only on the quality of the product, but also how that is not a, a burden on the environment, right? Whether right. that be through its emissions or the impact of that food waste um, in each of our destinations. So we had a couple of key uh, actions that we had in 2022, which were really critical. The first was part of our, our objectives to send no waste to landfill means having the personnel in place who are empowered with data and metrics and, and, and can actually, I like to say mm -hmm. this, make the waste bin no longer a black hole, right? If you right. think about it, we just so often throw things away and it's really hard to know just how much and what it is that we're tossing, right? So our three R's departments who are now in over 80% of our hotels have not only the traditional waste management functions of doing things like moving waste logistically throughout a hotel, but they have two critical additional features. The first is the empowerment, right? We called them three R's, we gave them new uniforms, we have our heads of three R's directly reporting to directors, right? So this empowerment to be able to make sure that we can remove the concept of waste in our properties. And then the second is really detailed measurement, right? So they're segregating this waste. We have registries with scales down to the kilogram mm -hmm. of what products are leaving our, our property as part of our work to reduce our, our, our waste into landfill by uh, 100% um, by 2025. We achieved a really high percentage in this year. We had a target of 40%. We were just under that by a few percentage points globally in the places where our uh, three hours departments were established. And this is where that second really big realization came, which is our first really big milestone to reducing waste sent to landfill was segregating correctly. Kind of wild when you think about it, right? First, you got to make sure you're not accidentally putting plastic bottles or sure. uh, well, that's not an issue for us at Iberostar given our, our work on single-use plastics, but you got to make sure you're segregating correctly um, at first. And then once we started to do that, we realized we had a lot of organic waste that was coming from our buffets, from our gardens. And even though organic waste can be revalued at the end of its use, turned into compost, turned into biofuels, that logistic doesn't always exist in our destinations, right? right? So our philosophy was let's reduce this as much as possible naturally, right? It's the best thing for us to do to avoid generating food waste in the first place and thinking really innovatively about how we do that sort of work. Um, but then for any of the products that you can't um, reduce or you, that as you're working towards your targets, how do we work to boost the capacity of organic waste management in our destinations? One of the key ways we do this work in our buffets is actually through some very cool technology. Uh, we're, we're very excited about our global partnership with Winnow, which provides these incredible cameras that are AI assisted that allow our chefs to be able to rapidly classify the kinds of waste that are coming from production, from our buffets. And they're even getting into the really, really weedy questions about plate waste, right? Mm -hmm. It's hard for algorithms to detect 
oh, is that a little bit of, of, of sausage? Is that a little bit of eggs? And it's giving us some uh, pilot feedback of this information. Um, and we were able to really drastically reduce the total amount of food waste that was coming just from the initial pilot programs right, that we had right. with WINNA last year. So we're very, very excited about the progress that we have on reducing our, our food waste while also boosting the capacity for organic waste management in our destinations. Well, I, I try to do my part by cleaning my plate all the time whenever I go to your resorts. But which is tough because then I have to go to the health club all the time and start walking around a lot because uh, you can eat a lot if you want to. But I do recognize that problem. I see it all the time and you see it, it you know, in buffets and everywhere else. And it's great that you're having this program to really kind of scientifically look at how, how you can really reduce food waste. Now, another, another part of this is also supporting the community. Uh, you, you, you know, how does Iberostar support local communities uh, in which it operates? You know, it, it, obviously you're providing jobs for locals and I, I think for women in particular, but talk a little bit about that, uh, supporting local communities. Uh, this is one of the major cornerstones, I think, of Iberostar's philosophy since before even Wave of Change was born as a concept in 2017. And this goes back to, I think, a lot of the values from the family, from Miguel Flusha, from uh, the initial stages where, where, where when Iberostar came to a new location, we have this phrase internally that we use where, oh, where uh, Miguel Flusha was saying, you have to remember that we are, we are guests in these destinations. And, and so as a result, it's our responsibility to ensure there's good stewardship of them, right? So whether that be through the long history of employment um, and the work that we're doing to, to make sure that a lot of these destinations that are now highly dependent on tourism as GDP are doing so um, in a way that has has as much as many components of responsible employment as possible. But over the last year, there were a couple of elements that we were really excited about when it came to our, our destination stewardship. One in particular was the reshaping and reimagination of what the Iberostar Foundation's role mm -hmm. is in our entire sustainability journey. Um, and so we're very excited this year to relaunch and to evolve the mission of the Iberostar Foundation, which since 2006 has historically focused on people in our communities with some pretty landmark uh, partnerships with UNICEF and Save the Children. Now the uh, foundation is using that base to really focus on boosting the resilience of our local communities mm -hmm in the face of climate change, right? So we fully recognize that in the same way that climate threats, sea level rise, beach loss are threatening our business, a lot of our destinations are, are increasingly needing to boost their resilience to natural disasters, extreme weather events. So our foundation's uh, mission has evolved to really hyper-focus in on this axis, on boosting uh, the resilience of communities through education and through uh, research, right? Some very cool work that we're doing on investigation. Um, and, then, and then finally, empowering communities. So the evolution of the foundation was one exciting axis. But another major milestone that we had from 2022 was uh, a land partnership that embodied how we do this work with communities with Planetera. And in particular, Planetera has a philosophy to really empower, I would say beyond that, to empathize, empathize mm -hmm. with the needs and the uh, the interests of what our local communities want to be able to provide as services or goods that could right. be integrated into the tourism product. So with Planetera, we worked on two landmark initiatives, one in the northern part of the Dominican Republic and one in Mexico. Um, and in particular, I'm excited about the one that we were doing in, in Mexico in Bejilha, which is a cenote that uh, this community of young boys growing up and seeing their cenotes filled with trash and 
and, uh, and, 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 and being at risk in so many ways, they took the leadership to try and make sure that this was a product that was well-preserved and well-protected and are looking to find partners that also have the same values and sustainability. And so we're working with them on a number of improvements to have this be a service that's provided within the all-inclusive experience so that you get a chance to get into the community, right? And give back to the community um, as well. So that's another kind of access that we've been working um, in terms of the work that we do with our local communities. But I think overall, it's easy to think that, oh, climate, oh, waste, oh, these are topics that are environment, the E side, right? right? But when you get into it, you really do realize everything is integrated in terms of these services for people, right? Our employees, our clients, and the communities and the places where we're operating. And that's why I think you can see communities represented throughout all of our strategy, whether it be our decarbonization strategy, which we launched last year, or our coastal health roadmap on how we plan to achieve all nature and improving ecological health alongside mm -hmm. profitable tourism in the places we operate by 2030, which we also last launched last year. So all of this, I think, is 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 really demonstrative of the fact that it's impossible to do any of these things just thinking solely about the environment, because the environment is what provides services to our destinations. And, sure. yeah. to, and so it's a really, really core value of everything we do. Yeah. Now, one of the things you mentioned, the Wave of Change Project, which is kind of an overarching theme but part of that is is the health of the oceans and and that what i saw with the coral growing and things like that how are those programs go, going because you are you have a lot if not most of your resorts are all seaside uh and and you have to take care of the oceans and you were doing a, a lot in that regard with you know trying to grow coral i've since been to several locations in florida and elsewhere that are doing something similar uh uh you know and everybody's trying to regrow coral reefs and I've been lucky enough in recent the last year to go to a lot of coral reefs and yeah it's a problem uh you know you don't uh, a lot of coral is bleached out now and some of it's dying and to see it coming back and uh, is really a huge thing but you guys you 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 did this uh a few years back started this so tell us a little bit about that well, this is definitely a passion point of mine because the doctor side of my title comes from my background as actually a, a coral reef biologist. I did my PhD at Stanford's Marine Station, but focused in the Pacific on how we could restore coral reefs that were more resilient to climate change, right? Looking for tough individuals and seeing if we could stack the cards in our favor to, to help survive uh, future warming events which can wipe out reefs really really quickly right so this is this is an area that has always been a core pillar of the work that we're doing on coastal health one of the really exciting milestones that Iberostar had in the last year was to say, you know, this objective of how do we help nature thrive in our destinations mm -hmm. really needs some very clear targets, clear targets and clear business cases for why not only a company like Iberostar should do this work, but we think all coastal tourism, all coastal businesses should be thinking about the health of their coastal ecosystems because so much depends on it, right? So um, at the UN Ocean Conference, which was a, a real landmark opportunity for, for a global dialogue on the oceans to catalyze into clear objectives, we were excited to be a part of that um, in, in, in the last year and to launch our Coastal Health Roadmap which says for this ambitious objective of nature and improving health in all of our properties by 2030, it's broken down into five business cases, right? Um, the first one has to do with the majority of our coral programs, which is a business case for restoring ecosystem services through risk reduction. Turns out these beautiful, beautiful natural ecosystems actually provide a lot of protection from storm 
as and waves and damage mm. and, and and beach retention and so as, if we can ensure they're in really good health um, not only the coral reefs but dunes and mangroves and wetlands if those are in your ecosystems these ecosystems really provide the long-term longevity of any of these coastal properties we have a second business case that's focused on our objective to reach carbon neutrality i spoke about our ways to reduce our footprint as much as possible but we still will have a carbon footprint mostly from our supply chain by 2030 and so in order to offset that, we're looking at investing in blue carbon to reach carbon neutrality by rethinking how we can uh, really provide high quality models of insetting that also protect biodiversity and give back to the social resilience of our communities. Third business case is around enhancing the quality of the tourism product, tackling things like sargassum, like water quality, yeah, like beach quality, right? really making sure that we're doing so in a way that values the ecosystem services and comes up with a really science-driven approach on how we're ensuring the safeguarding of these products. The fourth one about enhancing green spaces. We're excited about this one too for human well-being. Turns out that once you actually reach this green plot ratio, they call it, right, of three to one, where you have enough green on the ground and in trees, uh, to, there's actually tangible health and well-being and environmental benefits that mm. come from having nature surrounding you. So we have objectives to achieve that ratio in all of our properties. And then the fifth business case is, is linked to the work that I was talking about with Planetera to enable coastal and island communities to provide these products and services. So this work on coastal health and identifying these five business cases was a really important um, landmark for us. That meant getting very serious about where we have our coral reef restoration operations. And so we've added a couple of sites uh, in, 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 in the places where we're operating, added a lot of team and capacity to make sure that we're finding the tough individuals that help protect us from climate change. We're doing this with the right number of species. We're enhancing our coral lab in our Bavado Hotel in the Dominican Republic, which is a really landmark facility that helps us to do a lot of this research and work. Um, and our science team has done an incredible job to help us every single time more rethink, right, and continue to evolve. What's the role coral reef restoration should play in tourism and should play for protecting these coastal communities? And we're excited to continue driving that through this business case of, of risk reduction so that all hotels are thinking about doing similar work. No, absolutely. And it's, and I was lucky enough to see that a few years ago, and it was amazing. I subsequently saw another facility down in Key West that does something similar and is trying to grow grow it. And we actually interviewed the director there. So uh, we're getting more and more interested in this. And I guess that goes to a, a, a big question is, how, how are you educating? Uh, are you successfully educating both your guests and obviously my audience, the travel advisors who book those guests? about the sustainability effort. I mean, uh, how, how, I mean, you got to get them to buy into this uh, and also get them to know, you know, that you do this and they want to book up, go book and vacation in a place that is really at the forefront of doing this. How, how, how have you done that? This is a, a really great question, particularly, I think, as we're all experiencing this incredible and measured uptick in interest by the traveler in wanting more sustainable product, but getting really confused as to what that means and how to find it, right? right. Um, really great work by Expedia and Booking that are showcasing this, this trend clearly, which I think is an important signal for the market, right? To to be able to make sure we're doing this authentically. We've always had a philosophy of really make sure, making sure that we're leading with our actions. Um, mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, I spoke a lot about these objectives and targets and future related goals, which give us a really good 
quantified timeline to know how much we should be achieving every single year to hit these targets that really are about our planetary boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. When you're actually in property and when you're hearing about our product, this is where I think we have the strong philosophy to lead with those actions and to have it be an integral part of the experience. I think one of the best ways that our, our clients live this, right, is not by hearing our, our strategy on removing our single-use plastics on property, but by living it, by saying, wow, I've right. actually never, I, I didn't even hear the crinkle of plastic the entire time that I was in uh, on, on one of our properties. And I think this is one of the no, ways. No straws that, uh, there, you know. <laughs> that's right. When you see it, it's hard to unsee it, right? Yeah. When you go to another property, it's like, wow, what's all this plastic doing here? I, it, I, I have possible. seen that where people say, wait a minute, there's a plastic straw there. And they get a little like, I thought they were, you know, so people are more aware. It's taken mm -hmm. some time, but you're right, all using plastics, but even, even such programs as your car growing program, where you actually can get people interested in seeing how you're doing this and, and why you're doing this. Uh, and then, of course, if they go out on the reef and they've been other places, they realize, boy, this is really important because we have to kind of restock all these reefs with coral if we can uh, and it is it is a huge educational thing. And, it, it, you know, it's, it's bit by bit. I think there's a lot. I don't know. Maybe I just have the impression in Europe there may be more customers that are a lot more aware than the U.S. Uh, uh, I, but I think we're catching up. I think we're finally catching up a little bit. I hope we are, because it's so important what you're doing and what many other companies, uh, whether they're cruise lines or resorts or whatever, are doing in terms of all these these sustainable efforts. So I, I think we're making progress, but we still have a ways to go. No, we definitely do. And I think this is one of the areas where it's so important to 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 remember the 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 role that we play in tourism in terms of the these messages, right? I, and we have we have a philosophy too, which is again to lead with these actions. And to have a lot of that burden, right, be on us first to not be the bottleneck before we're asking for any of these changes from mm -hmm. clients, right? So, for example, even in the work on removing all of the single-use plastics, which we achieved in, in 2020, part of that was rethinking how it is that we were going to give water, right? Do we actually want to do this in a way that is about all of these glass bottles? And we found that this was actually, for moving from plastic bottles to glass bottles, we were concerned about the impact of that number of glass bottles on our properties. Right. So we invested in all of these incredible water fountains that allowed us to even sure. remove water bottles, right? Um, single serve water bottles from our property altogether. And we put in all of this infrastructure to really think about what are the solutions that are most in tune for being at the right scale for, for what our destinations can handle, right? And then asking the guests to join us by filling their water bottles when they come to the property right. for the first time, right? So it's a way for them to experience these actions. Um, by being on site and in, in property and helping us to also achieve these objectives, but with all of this kind of back effort to, to make sure that we're, we're tailoring these solutions to be as effortless and as enjoyable for our clients as they're on vacation, right? Um, Another great example of that is our work on seafood. I know it's a really right. specific part of our food systems, but seafood's one of the most important um, parts of ocean health, having sustainable and healthy, healthy fisheries, right? So our objective to have 100% responsible seafood by 2025 took a huge bump in the last year. Globally, uh, we closed the end of the year at about 78% of our total global consumption of seafood from responsible sources. But in Mexico, we've now had a year under our belt of all of the seafood, right? When you walk into any of our properties in Mexico, all of our seafood is responsibly sourced. 
that we get we love to get technical about that and and our seafood report on our website talks about what responsible means and the certifications and how we're working on traceability to make sure that we're legitimate about that right but in terms of the communication with our clients we're really excited to to talk and celebrate not only the seafood sustainability but the gastronomic heritage of a lot of these products too on site in Mexico so just kind of other examples of, of ways that we're excited to lead with these actions and and have the the customer get to experience this work with us um uh, while being one of our clients yeah i i, I remember that i just reminded me of the seafood uh, program you have which is amazing because you know we we don't even get that that you know there's so much seafood sold uh, at, at in restaurants your restaurants everywhere else and to have it uh, be produced responsibly is a whole big thing. It's a very different thing because obviously overfishing and all kinds of things are happening in the world. Now, um, we've come to the end of the interview. Uh, uh, is there anything else you want to tell? We go out to about 113,000 travel advisors who are booking Iberostar, uh, hopefully. Uh, and is there anything else you want to tell them about Iberostar and its sustainability programs? Oh, well, there's a lot. Um, I would <laughs> say overall is... Uh, Keep an eye out, right? I think this is one of the 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 things that's most fun for us. Everything is changing every single year as we're responding to our evolving strategy that tells us more and more how we need to adjust that to best benefit our destinations. And so one of the things that I would say, keep keep on the lookout, right? Because every time we talk, we have something different to be able to talk about in terms of the global implementation and launch of our strategy. One of the things that we're incredibly enthusiastic to be adding this year is um, really explicit focus on destination stewardship. Mm -hmm. Why do I say this? Any of these objectives are so ambitious that they are impossible to achieve alone, right? In order to reduce our, our emissions from our scope one and scope two, the, the electricity we're consuming, right, by 85% in eight years requires us to add almost up to 220 megawatts of renewable energy across all of our destinations. Wow. A small hotel chain is not going to be doing that work. We have to be working with our destinations. We have to be working with providers to make sure they're catalyzing renewable energy transitions to send no waste to landfill. We can segregate all of our waste perfectly. All of our waste could have solutions for revaluation. But if there's no provider that's there to be able to convert organic waste or garden waste into compost or into biofuels or to help us treat some of these more difficult products, then we're, we're also stuck here, right? So we need to be working at these destination scale solutions. Um, but increasingly, I think travel and tourism is, is recognizing that destination stewardship is the key way that we all need to work together so that we're not just doing this in silos, right? So destination stewardship is one of the key components that we're excited to have under a wave of change in the upcoming year. We're looking to add individuals who are parts of the transition for sustainable development dialogue in their destinations to come on board as part of our team and to look across our strategy and say, hey, let me push back on some of these international standards that you're bringing yeah. and highlight the elements that are most important for us for long-term destination health. Some great examples of that in, in, in work that we're doing right now on waste management. We are part of a global partnership with UNEP on what they're calling their islands program, which is about boosting the capacity of, of small island states to do proper and, and, and collective waste management across a, a, a number of island chains. 
we have to think about doing things in a really different way than saying, let's just export this to a provider that can deal with this waste externally, right? How do we actually build capacity in these destinations? So things like that allow us to be able to really have a, a, a holistic and clear perspective on what is the role that we should all be playing to make sure that we're giving a voice to our communities so we make sure our sustainability initiatives are aligned with what's needed for destination sure. development, right? But even furthermore, how can we make sure that there are people whose job it is to engage in pre-competitive collaboration with other groups in these locations, right? It's not just about looking at how we change and alter our own processes, which has to come first and has been a really, really strong focus of the work that we've done to achieve these targets. But how do, do we then also make sure that we can create these spaces, right? Have someone mm -hmm. have as part of their job to say, Let's work together. Let's see if we can bend supply chain. Let's see if we can bend demand so that we can have these pressures on energy providers, on our supply chain for certain products like our seafood products or food products to ask for some of these changes collectively. And we're excited to be adding this element to our program uh, this year. Fantastic. Well, we'll look forward. Obviously, there's much more to come. Now, where can uh, our readers and our, our, our viewers here, our travel advisors go to learn more about Iberostar and its sustainable programs? And I know you they can also access the report, I think, uh, somewhere, if you can tell us the URL or someplace that they can go. Yes, uh, I love that the quick answer is anywhere you see Iberostar, hopefully you'll see messages on what it is that we're doing and achieving in our sustainability work, whether that be on our social media platform, uh, uh, at, with our main channels at Iberostar or our uh, more technical channels at Wave of Change. Um, you can find this on our Iberostar group website um, with our, our, our audited non-financial ESG sustainability report, which is coming out soon um, uh, at, at Iberostar group group, um, but also all of these technical reports that get into the details around our strategic pillars can be found at waveofchange.com. But as is the case in all of our hospitality, right, I think one of the most incredible ways to be able to live this experience is to see it firsthand. And so sure. we always invite our travel advisors to come and experience what sustainability looks like in, in our properties. And, and we look very much forward to welcoming anyone interested to see how these values are lived to any of our properties uh, uh, to, to be able to experience and hopefully get inspired to bring this back to other businesses, but also bring this back in your, your daily life, too. Absolutely. Well, Megan, it's great to see you again. Uh, I, it was great last time we interviewed. And here again, it's an update on all the stuff that's going on. And I've been privileged enough in the last two years since we met to, to experience a lot of these at different conferences around the world, such as the uh, uh, World Travel and Tourism Council uh, Global Summit. And, and that's always been a major topic there. And I know your team is there. Uh, and, and I was lucky enough to go down and see some of the more, more other coral growing efforts around and uh, talk to people like MSC at Cruises, which is very focused on sustainability now, which is everybody think big cruise lines can't be focused on sustainability. Well, they're running advertisements now, you know, trying to get people to come because they are sustainable. So it, it's pretty amazing how it is. And you are, too. So, again, thank you so much for taking the time to tell us all about uh, what's going on with Iberostar and sustainability. Thanks so much, James. It was a pleasure. I'm James Schillinglaw, and this is Insider Travel Report.